Hello, friends. Hello, Jim Nance. A tradition unlike any other. Me eating Taco Bell and recording a podcast on Tuesdays. Ladies and gentlemen, dead or alive, you're coming with me. I'm Kent Garrison. I'm Brian Gill. And I'm Richard Barden. And this is Mad About Movies. You sound insane. Do you realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Mad About Movies is your go-to podcast for all things cinema. Every week, we break down movie news, rumors, and rumblings, and give you a detailed analysis of a chosen movie of the week. But don't worry, because we will warn you before we go into spoilers. And please stay tuned till the end of the show for our weekly recommends, in which we each suggest something that you need to check out ASAP. And remember, you can find all our episodes at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. And uh, remember to leave us a review on iTunes. This week's movie of the week is what, Brian? This week we're going to be talking about RoboCop. We need to give Americans a product they can love. Figure they can rally behind. We can't put a machine on the street. Get yeah, machines. They want a product with a conscience. Something that knows what it feels like to be human. We're going to put a man inside a machine. So we've gotten, um, <laughs> we got Total Recall a few years ago, right? We got a remake of that. Yeah, I mean, I watch it every day. I don't know about you guys. Well, I know that, yeah. It's a, you've made that clear multiple times on the show already. Right? Classic film. And uh, so we got RoboCop this year. And so it's just a matter of time. When are we going to get a remake of uh, the Paul Verhoeven classic Basic Instinct? <laughs> oh, sheesh. Uh, I, I'm looking for a Time Cop remake, personally. That's what I... That's what I, with John Claude. As long as yeah, as long as it has John Claude, yeah, absolutely. I'm on board. At least for at least at the beginning, so he can pass the torch. Yeah, yeah. Because I think in Time Cop, we're at the point. I'm pretty sure it takes place in like 2014. It's so true. He, it could you know theoretically work. Could he pass the torch to Dennis Rodman? Like <laughs> uh, what was that movie called? Dang it, Double. Is that right? That was you double, know what I'm talking about. Double trouble. Double, double trouble. Double, Double team. team. Double team, of course. A basketball pun. Of yeah. course. <laughs> Classic film. How do I not know? Good gracious. But guys, yeah, it'll be it'll be good to talk about this Robocop film. Um Will it? We're all child we're all childs of the nineties, so I mean any any chance we can get to talk nostalgia is always a good thing. But uh we'll save that for a little bit later. And um Let's talk movie news. Movie news. Yes! Rumors and rumbling. That's awesome! Let the filibustering begin. Let me ask you guys if you have anything off the top to mention, because, man, not a lot of movie news out there. I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're trying to keep up, but it's rough. For those of you podcasting, uh, not our live audience uh, here in the studio, uh, we are recording this on a Tuesday evening. February 18th, and I wanted to push it for tomorrow because I wanted to talk about the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, But two reasons I couldn't, because uh, one, it's not out yet, and B, I didn't think you might just kill yourself after you see it. It's <laughs> true. Well, there's nothing else. I might end it all, yeah, it's yeah. true. It's, there's, no, uh, there's no going up from there. It's, that's the peak of life, I think. I love that we've reached the point in our uh, movie-watching society where we have to to leak a teaser trailer for the trailer that is going to come out the next day like that's that's the highest and the day before that yeah the day before that they were releasing stills from the Mm -hmm. the the teaser of the teaser trailer yeah so it's kind of a teaserception that they've got (laughs) going on it's they're, they're they're putting like little teasers on instagram and the vine and they're starting to use stuff like that for teasers, which I don't like, but I'm surprised we're actually getting a, a full Guardians trailer, a two and a half minute Guardians trailer before we get any kind of one minute teaser or something. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like I'm surprised we have they've been keeping stuff so under wraps with this. We've seen like one image of the cast, and we've seen what ten seconds of footage. So the next thing we're gonna get is literally like two and a half minutes. You know, explaining the whole plot line of the film and everything. I mean, I'm. It's it's surprising they're not g- g- being a little more gradual with this. I mean, that yeah. surprises me. I don't know about what y'all. Yeah, think I, I was surprised they didn't have one for the Super Bowl. That was yeah. my 
uh, I really thought that was a good opportunity to kind of introduce everybody to what we all believe is going to be kind of a weird superhero movie, right? Like, I mean, the second or third main character is an animated raccoon. So it's not like it's the most widely known, easily accessible right. superhero movie of all time. So yeah. I felt this like that movie, This movie has to be awesome yes, for it, it to does. be good. You know, does. does that make sense? Like, yeah. The, the plot is so ridiculous that for it to be good, it has to be incredible. And it may – I mean I would bet that it may be, but – Well, I told you guys that they've they already confirmed – hate it. They've already confirmed a date for Guardians yeah. 2, yeah, 2018 yeah. I think, or maybe 16? 16. 16. So Marvel obviously knows something here yeah, that we don't. Definitely. They've seen probably over half the movie at this point, about four months out. Sure. So – it's uh, all signs are pointing towards good things. You know, like we haven't heard any, not even a rumbling even up to this point about any negativity towards this movie at all, you know, from the inside, outside, everybody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, they're doing, it's kind of weird. They're premiering the, the trailer on Jimmy Kimmel Live tonight, which I'm surprised they wouldn't have pulled that card last night being the first night of Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show tenure. That that yeah. might have you know, maybe they just assumed everyone would be watching Fallon no matter what and just kind of phoned it in. I don't know. Maybe Letterman pulled out uh, Kevin Spacey and the entire cast of How I Met Your Mother on yeah. his show. So <laughs> Definitely. he's obviously obviously trying to compete with something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just it's just interesting. I've never heard of a trailer being debuted on a late night talk show before. I don't think it has ever. Um, no, I, I'm trying to remember any precedent for it. I, I don't remember any. Yeah, so I guess by the time we're finished recording this, the Guardians trailer will be out. So check that out on on the internet if you haven't already checked it out. We're we're all really really psyched about that movie here. So um, yeah, that's that. I would have liked to talk about that too, Richard. I guess we'll have to wait till next week if I'm still here. You're, yeah, you got a absolutely. good point. Totally understand. Instead of talking movie news, guys, I think we can share a little bit of nostalgia mm-hmm. this episode. Okay, and, you know, a couple of weeks ago. We talked about some films that were um, celebrating their 20-year anniversary this year in 2014. Ooh, yeah. we, we celebrated the great year in 1994 that blessed us with uh, many cinematic classics that we've all grown to know and love yep. in the past 20 years. But actually, guys, there's a lot of other movies that are celebrating anniversaries this year, too. Not just 20-year anniversaries. So if you guys don't mind, I'm going to... Name off a few of these films, and, you know, as you see necessary, feel free to chime in with a hilarious commentary. Excellent. Can't wait. So here we go. Celebrating a 15-year anniversary this year, released March 31st, 1999. Anybody take a guess? The Sixth Sense. Ooh. It's close. Ooh, dang. Brian, take a guess? No? Uh, Blair Witch Project. No. 15 years this year, starring Lawrence Fishburne and Keanu Reeves, The Matrix. Yeah. It was a good year. 15 years since The Matrix. Great film. Yeah. Should not have been followed up with two two, uh, sequels, but (laughs) uh, the first one, still good. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing another another Matrix film in the next. I would. (laughs) I'm good. Uh, Yeah. I would like to erase the second and third one from my memory. That's what I mean. That's that's why I want another one, just to, <laughs> yeah. just to clear the that's air. Right. I, I have no trust in the Wachowskis, so uh, I have not liked a movie. We're getting a Wachowski movie this year. Yeah, and it's going to With suck. Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis. So. I know everybody likes loves the Wachowskis, and they're like super Really? About everybody? It. I think <laughs> fanboys get crazy about them, and I'm like, hey, The Matrix was awesome, and I don't think they've – I have not liked a movie that they've made since. So I, maybe I'm just out of the, the group. I, I will say, when I saw The Matrix for the first time, like I can remember sitting in the theater – with my friend and I think loyal listener Daniel Titus, and uh, we were like, my mind was blown because I, I really didn't know what to expect from it at all, and that was a great experience. And that's the end of it. With yeah, the I never. Uh, I liked the Matrix, but I never loved it. I was never huge on it. For some reason, it didn't connect to me. Like if I if we were doing a Matrix episode, I'd be like B B minus. Um, and then obviously the sequels were abominable, and Cloud Atlas was a masterpiece. I think we can all agree on that. 
Uh, You're forgetting about Speed Racer. Exactly. The only thing that can top that is Speed Racer. Thanks for stepping on my joke, Kent. Sorry. Uh, No, I'm kidding. That was a joke? You're not serious? (laughs) No. Kent liked Cloud Atlas when it came out. We fought about it. There are elements of Cloud Atlas that I like, but overall, it's not... It's not a great film. I can see that. But there are yeah. elements of it that are yeah. performances are great. Cool. I think. Yeah. But Hugh Grant's in it, so I like it. That's true. <laughs> you can't complain there. You're a big two and a half weeks fan. No, two weeks notice. Dang it! <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I am. I am not as big as I am as. Uh... Oh shoot! Never mind. The one with Sarah Jessica Parker. Nine which and I... two no, weeks notice. It's like... Whatever happened about the Hendersons or something like that. <laughs> it's awful. What happened? Oh, how does she do it? Is that no, one? Oh, no, that's another Sarah Jessica. <laughs> There's, I can't even uh, My favorite begin to talk Sarah about Jessica her. Parker movie, though, she gets a lot of grief, but the, she was great in Seabiscuit. So you have to. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about the Morgans, I think, is what you were Did told. you hear about that's the Morgans? That's the one. There yeah. you go. Well, with a title like that, how could it be bad? She has so many movies with like questions at the beginning. <laughs> we don't we don't care, sir. Just stop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh celebrating a thirty year anniversary this year. Same as me. Hi-o. Heyo released May fourth, nineteen eighty four. Any guesses? Eighty four. Uh, I don't know. Starring American Treasure, Harrison Ford. Oh, it's gotta be Indiana Blade Jones oh, and yeah, Jones. The Temple uh, of Doom. Temple of Doom, yeah. The, the the worst of the three Indiana Jones movies, I would say. Sure. Yeah, because there are only three. Right. Right. <laughs> That's true. Celebrating 25 years this year. Released May 24th, 89. Batman. Nope. Dang it. It is That's actually crazy. Indiana Jones and the ah, Last Crusade. Great movie. Yeah, I don't need to guess, Kent. That's 25. fine. <laughs> Sorry, you weren't going to get it anyway, Richard. It's okay. <laughs> Um, 30 years, released in 84. June 7th. This is a summer movie of 84. Pretty big movie. Big uh, big producer behind it. Any guesses? Who's its star? Oh, I don't know if that'll get away, give it away. Not okay. not very many. No American treasures. Not not a, not a, not a big um, star-studded affair. So. Is it, is it Brazil? It's not. I got nothing. June, June 7th, 1984, the premiere of Gremlins. Uh, <laughs> 30 years this year. Never seen it. It's not that bad, but not that great. I'm, I'm so. sure it's fun. It's one of the weird holes in my resume. I've never never seen Gremlins. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it in a very long time. Very long time. They're making a remake, so I'm sure we'll go back and <laughs> get our Gremlins talk in. For those of you who have been waiting for that. Mm-hmm. Um, released June seventh, nineteen eighty four. Celebrating thirty years this year. Starring an American treasure. This should be easy. Eighty Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. There you go. June seventh, eighty four. Celebrating thirty years is Ghostbusters, the original. Nice. Ghostbusters. Hopefully, we never get a remake of that. No, and not a third one either. Leave it alone. Dan I had seen a rumbling somewhere. Yeah, there's a rumbling. That every, Jonah like, Hill and Emma Stone no. have been offered Ghostbusters three, but turned it down or something. No, we don't. We don't need that. Yeah, we don't need because that. Dan Aykroyd has written so many good comedies lately. <laughs> I can understand why he'd want to go back to Ghostbusters. Yeah, <laughs> of all the great Bill Murray stories, that one may be my favorite. When he returned Dan Aykroyd's script, shredded, just like this yeah. is terrible. I want nothing yeah. to do with this. Let it go. Hopefully, that script leaks out sometime. I'd love to see that. <laughs> Um, 25 years this year came out in June of 89 starring potential, I hear Googling potential American (laughs) treasures. We've mentioned it earlier, Richard. Uh, I didn't even hear the date. I'm sorry. I was in 89, June of 89, June of 89, potential American treasures. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, Batman. Yes. I didn't mention it. Brian did, but yeah. Oh, he did. Sorry. My bad. Yeah, Michael Keaton's a potential American treasure. Totally, especially after a RoboCop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get our Keaton talk here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> I loved Batman. That was like... That That's was- still my second favorite. Maybe... No, never mind. Batman Returns. <laughs> forgot about Batman Returns. It was like second favorite Batman movie ever, maybe? Yeah, that's... Uh, that's that is, that's the... F- 
maybe not the first movie, but one of the first two or three movies that I can remember going to see. Like my dad took me to see that. I remember it being a big deal because it was a PG-13 movie and I was six at the time. So I had to like talk them into it. But one of my favorite movie going experiences. Definitely. I didn't really get into Batman. I'm going to be honest until Batman forever, but I've grown to know and love the Tim Burton Batman films. I, I still maintain that Batman Forever is a pretty good kids movie. Sure, I loved Batman yeah, sure. Forever when I was nine years old. Yeah, exactly. I really did. Love Everyone it. did. I loved it. I don't pretend like I didn't. It, yeah. It's not a good movie, but it's if you're like ten year old, really loves Batman Forever, that's fine. I just don't know, like Schumacher. <laughs> Schumacher. <laughs> he looked at the Tim Burton films and was like, "This needs more campiness." Yeah, I know. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, what was going through his mind? Like. Mm. After we're looking at Jack Nicholson a in a coke. parade in the original <laughs> yeah. Batman, like this is just too serious for me. I need, it needs to be mm. more fun. Mm. But I mean, there's multiple ways to do it. Obviously, sure. um, it wasn't the right one for Schumacher. Yeah. yeah. But uh, another yeah. film celebrating in tw- 25 years this year, released in June of '89. This is a Disney movie. If that gives you any hint. Little Mermaid. Not animated. Oh, okay. Oh, 89. This is a big one. Uh, man, I don't know. Uh, it stars Child of the 80s, or uh, Man of the 80s, Rick Moranis. Honey, I Shrunk oh. the Kids. <laughs> 1989. I could have sworn that was like later. I thought it was, it was like earlier, because now I'm embarrassed, because I, I remember going to see that movie, and I I had been very sick. I got very sick when I was six years old. And uh, that was like the first time I'd been out of the house in a few days. And when the spoiler alert, when the aunt died, I wept to the point that I had to be like escorted out of the theater. <laughs> like I was so upset that Auntie the aunt died. Oh, the, the bug ants, not like yeah, the, not like not the like, bad sister. No, yeah, like an, an, <laughs> like a bug, a bug died, and I got really, really worked up about it. And. Uh, like my mom, and then your parents whoever. never took you to see ants or <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So oh man, an embarrassing story of the day for you, gentlemen. I would have thought that Honey I Shrunk the Kids was like eighty-seven. That would have made me feel better about crying so so <laughs> ridiculously over a bug. There is such a charm to those films, or just just Honey I Shrunk the Kids and <gasps> Honey We Blew Up the Kid. I think I love the scenes with. With uh, Rick Moranis as Zelensky, like hovering over his lawn in like a homemade, like crane, yeah. <laughs> like, looking for the kids constantly, and his neighbors are like, "What the heck is going on with this guy?" I, there's there's funny parts of those movies for sure. Do you know but, who directed that movie? Uh, Mr. Joe Johnson. I was gonna say Joe Dante. That was Gremlins, yeah. though. Joe yeah. Johnson. Joe Dante was in it, but the guy who did uh, Captain America and also Rocketeer. He's got a strange, yeah, Rocketeer, yeah. Jumanji, Jurassic Park Three. Uh, strange, strange uh, body of work there, Mr. Johnston. Did That's, he do the second Captain America? No, uh, no. no. That's the, is it the Russos? Oh, it is the Russos. That's right. It's the rest yeah. of development guys. Yeah. 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 Um, another film. Celebrating anniversary, 15 years. This came out in 99. An animated film. Any guesses? 99 animated. It, Toy Story 2. Toy, yeah. Uh, maybe so, but not, not the one I'm looking for. Shrek. Maybe so, but not the one I'm looking for. No, maybe not. I'm maybe looking for... It stars a potential future American treasure, Vincent Diesel. Oh! Oh, Iron Giant. The Iron Giant. Great. Correct. July 1999. Great, Meh. very underrated movie. Meh. Didn't make a lot of money. Not, not an Iron Giant fan? No. I, you know what? I, I had not, I've never seen it until like maybe six months ago, and I didn't care for it. Silent. Take Brad that, Bird, Brad Bird and Vin. I know. And Jenna Aniston. Sorry. Yeah. I'm too cynical at 30 years old for, uh, for Iron Giant, yeah, I, I mean, guess. I haven't seen it since I was probably 13, so I'll give you, yeah. I'll give you a pass. September of 99, this movie is celebrating uh, 15 years this year, and it stars a potential future, two maybe potential future American treasures, and it took home Best Picture. Any guesses? 
What was 99? Came out uh, in 99. Yeah. Gosh, I can't. Saving Private Ryan? Mm. It was 98. And it didn't win Best Picture because of Shakespeare in Love. Shakespeare in Love was so great. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. (laughs) Um, Man, I can't think of what what won Best Picture that year. It is, we've mentioned him already today, stars Kevin Spacey. Oh, yeah. Uh, American Beauty. Uh, You guys don't like American Beauty? I despise that movie. I hate it so. Wow. Richard hates it? Yeah, not a fan. I love that movie. Don't love it. I really like it. Give me Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace over American Beauty. Wow. You you watch watch yourself. (laughs) (laughs) But give me American Beauty totally reshot with Jar Jar Binks (laughs) in the Kevin Spacey role. (laughs) I could have sworn we had admiration for that movie at some point. I like Sam Mendes. I like Mendes, but I. it's okay. I, 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 I saw it probably about six months ago and, and liked it very much less than I did. I might have been caught up in the wave when I saw it like in high school, but it's kind of a it's kind of a mess, that movie. It it doesn't really what does that movie really mean? Yeah. It was Sam Mendez's first movie ever. Yeah. It's pretty pretty impressive to me. I love Kevin Spacey in that movie. Just um Lester Burnham. Yeah. I think that's just a great character. When he goes and works at the fast food and and everything. There's a lot of stuff I like about it, but uh, we'll talk about that another time. Um, but I got a few more to mention. Sure. Um, celebrating 40 years this year, Whoa. an anniversary of a horror movie that came out in 1974. Any guesses? 40 years. It's not. The Exorcist was later, wasn't it's it? Not it the Exorcist. The Exorcist was 78, I think, yeah. Seventy-four. Um, man, I don't know. So it's been, been remade a lot of times. I'm sure every horror movie's been been remade. Seems like um, Halloween. No, it is um, set in our home state. That if that oh, makes, oh Texas. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Texas I didn't know that was that early. Yeah, 1974, celebrating 40 years this year. Wow. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, 15 years, a movie directed by, um, one of our favorite directors and starring, um, T- Tim Burton's favorite lady came out in oh. 99, 15 years. Fight Club. Fight Club. You're right. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen Fight Club. I just got it on Blu-ray, uh, last year, I think. Mm-hmm. It's always on like Black Friday sales. Sure. So I got it. Yeah. I know, so cheap. Man, what an awesome movie, especially on Blu-ray. Good. All of Fincher's that. movies on Blu-ray are just so good. I bet yeah. I haven't seen Great that commentary, too. He kicks butt at director's commentary. Yeah, he really does. Yeah, definitely check. I'll let you borrow that even, Brian, if you want. Sweet. That's great. Totally. Uh, 30 Years This Year, an action movie uh, starring... Uh, okay, I, I can't even give a hint to him because it'll give it away. 30 years. It came out in October of 84. It's a, it's a Terminator. It's Terminator. Terminator, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, could, I, I, I didn't How know Terminator was so early. I thought Terminator was more late, too. I mean, I was born yeah, in the late 80s, early. but I feel like... Because I think he did that before Aliens. I think, I think so he did too. Terminator, yeah. Aliens, and then Terminator 2. Yeah, you're yeah. right. But, I mean, it just seems so much yeah, it's earlier awesome. than I that. I love the first Terminator. It's one of my favorite movies ever. I hate Terminator 2. Really? I love yeah. Judgment Day. I would, I just, yeah, I'm with you. I would go the exact opposite on that. It's such a cop-out to make him good in Terminator 2. <laughs> He's evil. It's an evil robot. Terminator 3 wrote really where it's at, where uh, Sean Hunter's ex-girlfriend turns into the Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He took the words right out of my mouth. Richard. Yeah. That's for sure. The, I watched um, the uh, Valentine's Day episode where she like ties Sean up. Nice. Guys the other day. Nice. Because that's what my life has pretty much become. <laughs> Could you believe, like, if we had just say this podcast was in 1984, if we <laughs> just <laughs> if, we went, if we went and saw Terminator and walked out, and guys like guys, you know what? That guy is going to be the governor of California. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> <Biggest> <laughs> like, what comparison can we make right now? <laughs> we'll leave and be like, man, you know, Kevin Hart, he's going to he's <laughs> he's going to lead the Senate someday. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's gonna, yeah, that guy will pass immigration reform. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, uh, what's the most unbelievable thing we could yeah. have said back in the day? That's probably yeah. it. Oh. See the first Fast and Furious movie. That guy that played Dom, he's gonna be head of the UN. <laughs> <laughs> I would vote. I would vote for I that. Would that. It is. <laughs> I, I can't believe I didn't move to Cali. Whatever. Arnold was the governor. <laughs> Just to say, I lived there when. Oh yeah. He's with governor. Freaking Arnold. So awesome. Another horror movie uh, celebrating 30 years this year. It came out in 84. Uh, the acting debut of um, our favorite white-faced painted actor. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> Do you know uh, what it is? Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Ooh. 30 Damn, years. I mean... Is that is that your, your what's your scariest movie ever, Brian? You know, I, gotta I be Freddy guarantee Cooper? I've never sat through one of those entire films, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, but... Freddy Krueger scared the ever-living snot out of me when I was a, a kid. I, I have no idea if they're even scary movies, but just the idea of Freddy Krueger still kind of creeps me out. I was you, scared of the, it was the guy with all the needles in his face. That's Hellraiser. Yeah, I was scared yeah. of that. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty scary, too. Um, I would go probably Jason Voorhees is my number one um, horror slasher. I like Leatherface, too, from Texas Chainsaw. Especially yeah. in the new ones, the Jessica Biel Texas Chainsaw, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty crazy movie. But I agree with you. Freddy Krueger is is horrific. Did you ever? I I know you didn't see it, but the the remake with Jackie Earl Haley. Uh, no, I did not. I, I did not. Yeah, don't don't waste your time. If the listeners are <laughs> wondering about it, deal. But I like Jackie Earl Haley, and we'll talk about him here in here in a yeah, minute. But one more movie I want to. Yeah. One more movie I want to mention is a Disney movie, and it's celebrating 25 years this year. And it came out in November of 1989. Mm, was it Little Mermaid? It was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That was a big one. That was yeah, a we were talking earlier. I was talking. It's a life-changing movie for young Richard Barton. I used to dress up like <laughs> used to dress up like Ariel and concern my father. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking earlier with somebody about how like Disney was struggling for a while. Oh yeah, yeah. That was and the Little Mermaid just like movie. was the the movie that the Little know. Mermaid funded the Lion King and everything that came after. Yeah, Be- without Little Beauty Mermaid, and the Beast we- was right after Little yeah. Mermaid too. Yeah, back to back. And yeah, they had a bad run up to Little yeah. Mermaid. I mean, it was not just a bad run, but like a bad fifteen year run. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was akin to uh, probably even worse than like Tangled. The way Tangled turned around. Yeah, uh, the studio. A couple years ago, I'm trying to think of all the movies that were released in that in that time period. You know, there were like Robin Hood. Was that a big movie? Like that was the '70s, right? That was. 60s, that was bomb. I'm pretty sure. I don't think Robin Hood did very well. I'm not sure. What about Jungle Book? Jungle Book's that earlier, was, right? Yeah, That's way it. early, way early. Yeah. Um, in the '80s, you're talking like. I mean, like the Black Cauldron, and which yeah, yeah, I don't think ever got released. There was something weird with it. Um, all right, your '80s Disney movies are The Fox and the Hound, uh, which I love, but yeah. I don't think did great. The Black Cauldron, The Great Mouse Detective, oh. The Brave Little Toaster, oh. and uh, and Al- Oliver and Company. Um, Funny which you say that. Funny I like Oliver and Company, but that that I remember even at the as a kid, I was like, "Why isn't anybody ever, like nobody went and saw that movie?" Yeah. So uh, the uh, I think the Rescuers were probably in the seventies, right? Too, or are they even Disney? Um, Rescuers is Disney. Yeah. yeah, the Rescuers was seventy seven, and the follow up was was uh, ninety. Okay. The Rescuers Down Under was actually the next movie after Little Mermaid. Yeah, you're right. It was. I've come. They're all on Netflix now, and I've come downstairs several nights to find the Stevens <laughs> sitting there watching Grace Mountain Detective, Great Mouse Detective, and, and all the Dis, uh, the animated uh, Silly Symphony shorts. Yeah, you ever seen those? They've, seen, they've been watching those every night, and they both want to come on the podcast and review them. Stevens like, I'll make my debut to talk about that. Have you ever heard the phrase? And if you haven't, I'm coining it right now. There are two types of people in this world. Yeah, those who like Fantasia and those who don't like Fantasia. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you guys, Fantasia fans, love it, Brian. Um, uh, there you go. 
Yeah. yeah. Appreciate. I, I absolutely appreciate it. And the uh, what's the one with the 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 demon? Uh, what's that called? The segment in there. The uh, something mountain. Why can't I think of this? Um, crap. Whatever it is, that one. Night on Bald Mountain. That one is there really really cool. Um, I I'm sure I would like it more now, but I haven't seen it since I was a kid, and I just you know. Whenever you're a kid and you, your parents are like, hey, we're going to watch a Disney movie. Sweet. Awesome. Like Robin Hood? No. Fantasia. Fox and Hound? No. Yeah. Fantasia. Oh. And then it's just, you know, music the whole time. It's pretty – not my – I'm going to go out on a limb and say I agree with you there. It's depressing when you're little. But yeah. Looking back, man, Fantasia might might be one of my top favorite Disney movies. Oh, yeah. It's so classic. Especially under the right situation, bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> well, those are all the movies I want to mention. And I'm sure maybe even more will come up over the next year. This is a crazy year for anniversaries. So I feel like a lot of those uh, would be good to mention on this show yeah. since we're a celebration of cinema, if anything. We are. Absolutely. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, What the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Uh, But guys, let's move on, and uh, let's celebrate by talking about RoboCop. What if I told you that even the worst neighborhood in America could be made completely safe? How do I know this? Because it's happening right now in every country in the world but this one. It is great to see American machines helping to promote peace abroad. So then tell me, why can't we use these machines here at home? Why is America so robophobic? Well, guys, we finally made it. Ryan, I know in past episodes you've made it quite clear to everyone, listening and the hosts, that the original RoboCop is your favorite movie of all time. False. And that this is your most anticipated movie of all time. Erroneous. So Erroneous. if you could um, justify those statements uh, now. <laughs> no. Um, uh, yeah. No, I, look, I will say this, and I've said it before on the show, I'm sure, but RoboCop is the perfect movie to remake, in my opinion, because it's not very good, but it has a, a cool idea, and it's got a, a great like fan base. Um, so I, I think that's, I think that's the sort of movie that should be, should be remade if we're going to, if we're going to go that route, like leave Jaws alone, but do RoboCop and Gone in 60 Seconds and other things like that. I'm fine you with that. You say leave Jaws alone. Obviously you Don't haven't seen it. Shark Knight 3D. <laughs> I can't even think about Jaws after seeing that one. But. Or Sharknado. Yeah. 
That's true. Forgot about that. First Sharknado mentioned on this show. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or we not. We should do the sequel. We really should because so many people watch it. It's true. Got big on uh, on the social media. Plus, that gives us an excuse to watch it and be like, we're watching it for a podcast. Yeah, you know? it's, for, it's for work. Yeah. Uh, keep going, Brian. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, you're fine. No. Uh, anyway, I had, ne- you know, honestly, confession time, I don't think that I'd ever seen RoboCop until maybe two years ago. Um, okay. I was not allowed to see it because it was R-rated, and it came out when I was four years old. So um, I remember, like, my parents making, like, were really upset about all of the, like, uh, action figures and toys and stuff that were associated with this movie that I wasn't allowed to see. Um, it's kind of a strange yeah, it is. memory to have in the back of my head. But uh, so anyway, I, I don't think I'd ever seen it until um, the last couple years. And so I am obviously looking at it through the lens of 20 plus 25 years almost of, of date past that, you know, to like the, as far as the special effects and stuff go. And it's a terrible movie. Um, but like I said, it's something. It's it's rich fodder, I think, for a remake if you did did it correctly. The, the dialogue's awful, but it's a really good script. If that makes sense, really, like like the original, I think thematically is good. Like the plot is cool, but yeah, yeah. The effects and dialogue are just brutal. I mean, not that you really look yeah. for dialogue from a uh, <laughs> robot right. robot, Paul Hero, yeah, Verhoeven movie, yeah. Um, but you're right. The special effects are <laughs> are atrocious. And In the original, you mean? Yes. Okay. Oh man, it looks so bad. So at least that part you would think would look look better in the uh, in this remake, right? I mean, you would think it couldn't yeah. look any worse. But yeah, give your initial impressions of of this remake, um, Brian. Uh, the term adequate would probably be thrown around quite a bit. It's these are the movies that I hate reviewing. Honestly, I hate, I don't like talking about you guys because it's like, we can't really, I mean, it's, is it a bad movie? No. Is it a good movie? No, there's not really, it's not really trying to be good. It doesn't do enough. It doesn't go down enough of a wrong path to just like enjoy hate watching it. You know, it just, it's kind of there. There are some decent parts and, there's not, there's just not a whole lot to to say. As I'm sitting in the theater, I was just like, well, I mean, I don't hate what I'm watching, but there was not a single moment in the movie where I felt like, okay, this is this is picking up, this is good, this has been enjoyable, or yeah. or whatever. Uh, you know, I like watching Gary Williams, or excuse me, Gary Oldman, and I. Uh, <laughs> I love watching Williams. Too, yeah. Feel the turtle. <laughs> out Fear the turtle, turtle, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go turf. <laughs> I have no idea why that happened. Um, I love it, though. That made me happy. <laughs> I, I love watching Gary Oldman. I love Michael Keaton. I didn't feel like he was great here. I really like Michael K. Williams. That guy's awesome, and they, they didn't use him nearly enough in this movie. Um, so there are parts that, you know, it's fun to watch actors act, even if they're not really doing that great of a job or really working that hard, I would say. But... Um, it's like a steady B minus the entire movie. So yeah, what else can you really? I mean, I don't really know what else to say about it from there. You know? Yeah. Well, if you have specific thoughts, uh, save them or think about them. All right. But I want to get my initial thoughts. I'm going to admit that there's a certain um, level of nostalgia, love that I hold in my heart for the original RoboCop film. Um. Yeah. Mainly because we live in Dallas, and growing up uh, to be an aspiring filmmaker my whole life, uh, I would ask, what famous movies were shot in Dallas? And the only one ever, <laughs> literally, the only movie ever shot here is RoboCop. And has family values. <laughs> and, oh yeah, that's true. I forgot. Another <laughs> Was classic. Was Office Space shot here? Is that there, are, there are parts of it, yeah. I don't think all of it, though. I think just the highway shots okay. and stuff like that. But anyway... Um, so like I have this sort of hometown pride towards the film, even though it's not great. I, I totally am the first to admit that the original RoboCop is not a great movie, but it was never trying to be a good movie in the first place. Like they wrote the original RoboCop 
because like some producer, the guy who, who thought of it, just thought of the name RoboCop. And like, <laughs> hey, that would be a cool movie called RoboCop. Let me write the script about a guy, you know, and they came up with it later. And that's just kind of what I like about this. It's just super satirical too. The original. Yeah. This one didn't have that. Yeah, it didn't at all. Um, but the original was trying to be goofy. Um, that you talked about the special effects. It's so funny to look back, go back and and look at the special effects because like this movie is obviously the remake is obviously like a 2014 version of RoboCop. They're like, all right, well, we're not going to do rated R. We're going to go straight PG 13 and strip, um, this one of any adult appeal that the original one had. The adult one is, Mm -hmm. if you go back and watch it, like super violent, super, super violent, like excessively violent and F bombs every five seconds. Yeah. It's definitely not a kid's movie. Um, so there are two different ways to go about it. I kind of wish that this – and I, I know why they didn't, but I kind of wish this movie had gone more of in the uh, Dread approach. If you've sure. seen the remake of Dread, like that's the perfect remake. Uh, Robocop <laughs> might be the perfect film to remake, but I don't think this is the perfect remake. Totally. Of the Do you agree totally with that? Totally agree. Absolutely. But there were elements here that I enjoyed, like – I love the new suit that it, it yeah. looked like the old suit, but it was modernized. Like I freaking sure. love that. And I thought it looked awesome uh, for the majority of the movie until they turned it black for no reason. Totally. It took a lot of the uh, charm out of it, I guess. Sure. Um, but there were parts of it at the beginning that I, I liked probably the first half of the movie way more than the second half. Uh, a lot of the fight scenes for me were unwatchable. Due mm-hmm. to a syndrome that I cannot stand uh, in Hollywood lately, especially among new coming directors called Shaky Cam. Yep, Shaky Cam. Where every scene in the movie is is fine, except when there's an action scene, the right. camera comes off the tripod, and you can't even freaking see what's going on. I just don't understand that. Um, but I'll mention specifically why um, why I didn't enjoy a lot of this film. But like I said, there, the aesthetic of the movie I enjoyed. I The overall look and feel I felt was correct. Um, a lot of this could maybe be fixed with a more dark movie. And yeah. This, sort of, this whole movie sort of felt like an intro to another movie or something. It totally did. You know yeah, what I mean? This, it felt they're, like they're, they're setting up a story hoping, and then the movie yes. ended. Yeah, they're so. they're t- definitely hoping that this spawns a, a franchise. Um, it's not looking because it's looking okay. Um, it's, at, ma- it's made it's over done well overseas. It's un- so. Made over a hundred million so far. Yeah, wow. um, they're only thirty in the in the U.S. box office, but we'll right. have to see about that. But Richard, I want to get your ba- basic impressions of this. Yeah, I mean, I could I could go on about uh, I could you know perfectly tell you my take on it, but I thought it would even be better to have um, the greatest artists of our time tell you. So, hold on. As Kanye West said, (laughs) I don't want no RoboCop. Um, So... uh, Yeah, no, it was... Like, I I really... I'm I'm pretty much right in line with, with Brian. It's, like, not offensively bad. Um, it's not, it's a, it's a, it's a February movie. Um, it, they, if you can make a hundred million on a February movie, awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a, you can spend, they can, they'll write those checks all year because that's just extra money, right? I mean, you spend, right. what did this, what did this thing cost? Probably like 50 or 60? About a hundred, yeah. Oh, it didn't cost a hundred? Wow. Yeah. It didn't mm-hmm. look like it. Um, well, whatever. It still made money. It will continue to make money. It revamps the franchise. Um, you know, it, it was it was fun to see, but I actually thought Michael Keaton was fine in this. That's one point yeah. I disagree with you on. Uh, but uh, it was, yeah, I like the. I, there's a lot about the first one I like. I think it's a super satirical movie. Um, there's a really randomly cool. If you ever find it, it's probably online somewhere. Uh, essay by Martin Amis about RoboCop that's like makes you really think about it in a way that. Uh, uh, it's a great satire, to be honest. Yeah, it really is. It's it's deeper than it yeah. a lot of people give it credit for, which is which is funny because it's called RoboCop. Yeah, uh, this one lacked that. You know what I look for in a in a RoboCop is uh, kind of a fun fun uh, satirical movie with a lot of blood. 
Um, this didn't have any of the three, but it's still not a complete just you know cluster. It's uh, would I rather rather watch this than Monuments Men? I might <laughs> rather watch this. Yeah, I, mean, I was thinking the exact same thing coming out. I was like. Man, I would rather watch that again than freaking yeah. have to sit through monuments one more time. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I mean, it's it's got some value, but uh, it, the whole time you're just kind of you don't ever really buy into it. It feels kind of like a theme park ride. You're just kind of staring at a screen, yeah, watching actors. You don't ever really get into it. But uh, yeah, it's like this movie to me feels a few years old already. Like aesthetically, it, it mm. goes right alongside like Rise of Cobra. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> Like, yeah. it feels like these were made on the exact same lot at the same time with the same cameras. Like, it just it just had that feeling to me of, like, it didn't feel like anything fresh as far as these remakes of these, these action movies are going. But maybe that's what they're going for because the Robo, I mean, the G.I. Joe films have made a, a ton of freaking money. Yeah. But I, I disagree. I think Michael Keaton was terrible. I Maybe it was just the lines he had or the character he was playing because I know Michael Keaton is is fine and um we're we've been sort of hoping for the resurgence of Keaton for the uh, over the past year but uh, like yeah. the, the character he had was like every speech he gave was like this long drawn out like this is what America needs and it had to set up so much of the story mm-hmm. you know that it was very hard for a lot of it not to come off cheesy. Well, he's basically a plot device, yeah. right? Like he's 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 almost like the narrator at times for what's happening on on screen. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think he had. I think Michael Keaton is a guy who his presence is strong, and so you you kind of gravitate towards him whether he's in a good movie or a bad movie, doing a good performance or a bad performance. But I don't and. It, it may be that he's always been this way, but certainly at this stage in his career, I don't feel like he's a guy who can elevate bad material to, you know, to anything better than it really is. So, I mean, that was my take. I, I enjoy having, I enjoy Michael Keaton as a performer. And so I didn't have a, I didn't really have a problem with him on screen, but I didn't think anything he did was, you know, especially good by any means. I, I just, I felt like he's delivering the lines that he's been given and this is as good as it's, it can, this is as good as it could get, um, under the, under the circumstances. Yeah. And I want to mention, I can't believe I mentioned this. Yep. Uh, you said Keaton can't really elevate bad lines. I want to give a lot of credit and actually the majority of the credit for anything of Easton in this film goes directly to Gary Oldman. Totally. Yeah. He, He makes the movie to me. Yeah. Um he brings such an element of believability to everything, believe it or not, everything that's going on here. Right. Um I loved every single scene with him. Yeah. Perf- actually perfect casting. Like if that if that's a no name or somebody that, oh, well, yeah. that that can't pull his weight. It's that, bad. that's the one role in this movie that you have to nail is that scientist. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I, man. I and I wish I wish they would have given him cuz like the moral dilemma because there's not you guys said it earlier there's not really much satire in this film. So the moral dilemma is really the only interesting thing that's happening and when given the opportunity I think Gary Oldman really really sells that sells that well, but they just don't focus on that enough the script really doesn't it's just very surface level of as far as like what kind of the discussion about ethics and, and moral dilemma and whatnot is so limited and that I think keeps it keeps it from being well, it keeps it from being a better movie, but it just he puts Gary Oldman in this box and he's doing just an insane job with what he's got to work with and then it's like cut and he, you know, it, you can almost feel him like, Come on guys, I'm trying to give you more yeah. and you just can't you know, there's nothing uh the the movie is not interested in in that, I would say. Yeah, I agree. Um, what do we we haven't mentioned this guy yet. What do we think of RoboCop himself, uh, Joel Kinnaman? I haven't really seen him in much. I don't think we haven't done any of his films on this show yet that he's I know the, of. He's in the Killing, right? Like that's yes. his big yeah. claim to he fame. He was in Safe House as well. Okay, and um, The Darkest Hour. That's the one oh. I was trying to mention like a month ago when we were talking about sure. Emil Hirsch. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Darkest Hour is that movie. <laughs> Not, well, not not good. good not good he he certainly he, while he was good he he certainly lacked um 
the the just transcendent star power of a of a Peter Weller. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> I love Peter Weller. I saw him last week at the uh, at the Winter Comic Con. He was nice. There. Signing. He's got this really cool second phase of his career with Star Trek, and he's on Sons of Anarchy, and yeah. he plays menacing very, very well. Um, he looks like an AIDS patient in the <laughs> original RoboCop, but he looks great now. Uh, can't, I thought Joel Kinnaman was a, a pretty decent RoboCop. I thought he was a horrible Alex Murphy, if yeah. that makes yeah. sense. Like, when he was a, being a real person, I had trouble buying it. But when he was in a suit and delivering his lines in robo voice, it was uh, he wasn't bad. So I don't know what no, that says about him as a person. But um, that's I mean, I wonder what the screen test was for this. <laughs> I mean, like I for Dread, I'm sure like they, thinking, uh, I'm sure like for yeah. Dread, they put on the Dread helmet on Carl Urban and he started talking. <laughs> they're like, okay, you're the one. You know, like for this, the original voice. And if you go back and watch some of the trailers for this RoboCop remake, the RoboCop like was a robot voice. Um, like yeah. when he's in the actual robot suit, he's like this uh, filtered robot voice. Apparently, there was a lot of outcry from the RoboCop fanboys out there about <laughs> that, and I think it was the right decision to 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 make his voice natural voice when he was yeah. still RoboCop. Yeah. I don't see why they had to make his uh his voice. Um, as a robot, though, when he was the human being, <laughs> no, uh, it's a, all, that was a little all, distracting. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, all credit to him. Regardless of this movie, he's he's dating Olivia Munn, so he is wins. he? Yeah, wow. There you go. I'll take that. Um, and so there is. Um, let me let me see. I like the Ed Two Hundred Nines, the other like sort of iconic, um, Star Wars looking robots. Sure. In the movie, those are in the original too. I like the uh, fresh look of those. I wish we got more of those. Uh, the action scenes, in particular, there's one like it, right when Robocop turns black. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but right I when they right when they <laughs> right when they he, they change into black Robocop and they do like this like testing mission, it's in complete darkness. Yeah. And the true. only light, the only way the scene is lit is by the light from gunfire. I was like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. Mm. I, want, I wanted to see an action scene in this movie. Like, the setups were fine. And there was one where they were, like, in a warehouse, like this multi-tiered warehouse. That could have been really cool. But the way it was shot was just so, so bad. Yeah. Like, this movie could have been B-plus to maybe even A-minus status if the action scenes were watchable, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree, it, and it's man, they're not, and they—it's like they didn't even try to yeah. make them watchable. And there's not, honestly, there's not enough of them. Like, no, it's way too much setup for a franchise that may or may not happen. But regardless, like the best way to make sure that a franchise happens is to make your first movie really good and to make it enjoyable, or at the very least, like an exciting, actiony film. And it, man, I mean, it, it just kind of felt like. Uh man, it just it felt like it it didn't even get started until twenty or thirty minutes left in the movie, you know. Yeah, there wasn't really a strong antagonist here, to be honest. Oh, like, yeah, I geez. was I was so scared, and this is weird to say. In the original, like you're intimidated by Kurtwood Smith, right? You yeah, know, like sure, uh, he's the villain in the original, and he's like pretty menacing. Yeah. And this movie just had no villain. Like, I didn't feel like. There was even a need for RoboCop in the first place to go into the world, you know, and like stop that's, any crime. That's the point it's trying to make, man. Is it? Yeah, man. We can't have these crazy forms of punishment. But there was no like <laughs> I know what you I know what you're saying, but there's no like risk no, involved in anything. I, I it was agree. like in that last scene with RoboCop fighting the two oh nines, it's like, okay, just win the fight so we can get out of here. Yeah. Type of thing. It just uh in the first one, at least, you feel like maybe RoboCop's not going to make it through this. You know, um, there was sort of a mystery there, but like this is an obvious setup for a franchise, and this this first film didn't do a good enough job, in my opinion, of like setting itself apart from these other remakes, like Total Recall. Um, you know, to be specific, but hopefully, if we get a sequel, hopefully, it's more adult, darker. Violent, more violent 
I know that's weird to say because it's kind of a kid's movie, but this is not the RoboCop remake that I wanted. And um, so it looks like we might not ever get it. Um, yeah. And, and that's that's okay with me because I can live with the nostalgia of the first film still, uh, believe it or not. But, you know, I agree with you, Brian. This deserves deserved a better movie. It definitely did, and it had had potential, especially with today's CGI and everything, to be to be great. It just wasn't. Um, so that's all I have really uh, for this. I want to mention the scene where um, where Alex Murphy sort of becomes RoboCop, and they take all the different pieces off of RoboCop, and he's just like a head and lungs. Yeah, I thought that was pretty well done. Um, like, like I, there's very, there's a few moments in, in this that I enjoyed. Like, there really were, and I applaud them for that. But overall, uh, it didn't work for me. So it's going to be hard for me to even give this B minus. Uh, but I will. I'll give it a B minus. <laughs> I mean, it's a C plus to me. But like, it was so much better than like the GI Joe movies to me. Like, right. it, it was infinitely better than Retaliation last year, which is what we were watching this oh, time yeah. last year. So not a complete failure on that on that uh, point, but so I'll give it B minus, uh, Brian. Yeah, that's my grade as well. It's I never I, I never hated my I, I never really even disliked the movie, but I just yeah. I never had any I really didn't have ever have any emotion towards it whatsoever. So it didn't like when I left the theater, it didn't. I wasn't like, man, this could go somewhere. You know, it was just like, ugh. Oh, okay, all right. I guess that's I guess it's fine. Uh, yeah. Richard, what's your grade? I'm going to give it a C plus. C plus. All right. Well, yeah, like I said, this could have been a lot worse. And yeah. uh, thank God for Gary Oldman. That's all I got to say. That's right. Uh, but guys, let's move on. And let's do weekly recommends. Weekly recommends. All right, guys, I'm going to kick things off this week uh, and recommend a documentary that you guys need to check out. Uh, let me ask you guys, should I recommend a sports documentary or a movie documentary? Because I have two. Both. Both. I, I can't do both. I never oh. do double recommends. That's mm. my. I never cheat the system. I can't like do I it. Do. Yeah. Mm. Give us sports. Okay. We, we like sports, and we don't care who knows. Well, I'm gonna <laughs> recommend a documentary sports. that just came out uh, via Redbox, which is how I saw it. But I believe you can download it on on Amazon or iTunes. Documentary about uh, Lance Armstrong called The Armstrong Lie. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Alex Gibney. Uh, did this film? Uh, he's a pretty good uh, documentary documentary uh, filmmaker. He did the WikiLeaks documentary a few years ago. We still secrets. That's pretty decent. Um, and he's done uh, other stuff. The Hunter S. Thompson one, yeah, Enron, and the Enron one, and, and a yeah. few other things. But so this was originally supposed to be a film about Lance Armstrong's comeback in 2009. Where he randomly decided to come back to the Tour de France and try to win again, uh, to clear his name, and Huge so that's mistake. and so that's when um, that's when Gibney started following him around was back then, and so of course over the next few years, so much started coming out about his allegations towards uh, using steroids and performance enhancing drugs and things like that. So the documentary is pretty cool as it takes a. Um, unexpected turn and so mm. the director sort of has to adapt the intentions of the documentary to what what actually happens so it's a really cool kind of inside look at how Lance Armstrong cheated so many people why he did it maybe and mm. uh, you just sort of feel for the guy um, being a scumbag and everything like <laughs> pretty I mean if you're a fan of sport you've got to see this documentary it's just pretty eye opening and, and Alex Gibney also did the or produced the 30 for 30 called Catching Hell, which is my favorite 30 for 30. Oh, that's About good Steve Bartman. Yeah. And so check that out as well. I'll recommend that. But uh, So check out this uh, documentary, The Armstrong Lie. Yeah. Um, I'll link it on our website, madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Just click weekly recommends uh, for that. So that's my recommend Sweet. for this week. Kit, have you yeah. ever seen The Queen of Versailles? Yes. Yes, I have. Okay. That, that's, that reminded me when you were talking about like the flip. On, on the Armstrong lie, like where it flipped from about yeah. his comeback to about his lie. Like it's the same as Queen of Versailles, you know, when it starts out like yeah. Richard, have you seen that? No, I haven't. 
Dude, that's a must watch. Like yeah. that's one of my that's one of the best documentaries out there, I think. Like Check it, it is totally fascinating. And it's the same kind of thing. It starts off following these like super affluent people as they build this ridiculous house and then they lose all their money. And so it, it turns into a completely different sort of oh, thing. Oh yeah, I've heard about this. Yeah, yeah it's really, really it's very interesting for sure. What's your recommend, Ryan? Uh, I'm going to go with the TV series this week that I've been watching for a few weeks on the old Netflix. Uh, I've watched it before, but I'm doing a repeat because there it's uh, getting uh, it's coming back in uh, in just I a couple of months. About. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, 24 with Keeper Sutherland and a whole bunch of other people who die uh, along the way. Uh, one of the more groundbreaking network television shows of the last uh, decade or two, for sure. Uh, I think this is my third time through. Um, wow. I started watching in probably season four, so I did a big catch-up before that one started. Um, and then I, I watched again, I think, before the last season. So this is uh, – it's it's eight seasons. There are 24 episodes each. Uh, if you've never watched it before, please take my advice and completely skip season two. Nothing happens of relevance, and it is painful. Um, I – Really skip season two, you said. Skip season two. I so you can go from one to three, and it still makes sense. Watch season one, get on Wikipedia, and read like the plot of what happened in season two, and then go directly to season three. The deal is, uh, Keeper Sutherland is awesome, and Jack Bauer is one of the best characters on in television history, in my opinion. His daughter is maybe the worst character in television history. <laughs> And uh, she the girl is next a, door. <laughs> <laughs> yes, gosh, she's so bad, and uh, she plays a very she's she's you can handle it in season one. She plays a very prominent role in season two, and it makes me want to gouge my own eyes out. So, um, skip season two, read about it, go on to season three, and if you really hate her, uh, just be aware that she's pretty much out of the show by season four and it gets really, really good from there. Um, it is a really interesting show. It's a lot of fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, and it just kind of, it just kind of lets Jack Bauer be this bondish superhero guy. Yeah. And it's so much fun to watch if you've never, it, it's fun to like do a body count of how many people Jack Bauer <laughs> kills over the course of uh of the seasons, um, and it, man, it's it's a really good show, really really enjoyable. I'm I'm having fun with it. My uh, you know third or fourth time through. Is it uh, on Netflix? It is. The whole thing's okay. on Netflix. Nice. It's eight seasons, uh, and it's a lot. Of fun. I've never seen it either. So, dude, guys, it's 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 a blast. The amount of shows that I have to catch up on, yes, guys, yeah, oh, totally, it's, totally. It's, it's in the, the it's in the multi dozens right now. Yeah, so. I totally hear you. Um, this one's definitely worth doing, and the new season starts at the beginning of May. So uh, you have time to, to, to get through it if you really binge yeah. uh, kind of the way I'm doing. It's a little – I will say this. This time around, it, it did seem a little more dated in the first couple of seasons than it did last time I watched it just from a special effects standpoint and just – you know, it. I think 24 was doing a lot of things that were brand new in 2001 and now we've seen those things done a few times on other shows and so – it's that you know that kind of classic syndrome of where you feel like oh this has been done already but really no it it, it started a lot of these tropes that we see in other uh, TV shows but um, I think it hits its stride in about season four and how many uh, seasons is it eight seasons you can do it is an hour long episodes they're hour long episodes it, it happens in real time but the the great thing about it is. Um, you can watch it in the background while you're doing other things. Like it's yeah. not like Breaking Bad or Mad Men where you have to be focused in on every second of every shot. You know, there'll be two or three segments each episode where you, you pretty much know what's going on. They're, you know, chasing this guy or after this nuclear bomb or whatever. Um, and you can you can do that while you're, you know, working yeah. or writing or whatever. I'm gonna uh, go um I'm gonna put that on the list. I, yeah, gotta, I have to catch up on Game, Game of Thrones yeah. uh, right now. Because sure. I, I just can't miss another season or half season with everyone right. talking about it and me being behind. So I have to finish Game of Thrones, but I'll put that as number two. I'll start right. that right after. I'm excited. I, you I'm have excited. my word. You, you can totally skip season two. Like okay. I really mean that. It, okay. and you, that's coming from me. I am yeah. such a completist. So if I'm telling you you can skip season two, you, you can take it as gospel. I'll do that. Thanks, right. Brian. Good recommend. Yep. And Richard. Mine is uh, another TV show that's returning for its second season uh, on Friday. 
returned uh, on Valentine's Day. House of Cards season two on Netflix. Nice. Nice. Um, I'm just a little bit into it, but I can already tell it's awesome. And uh, just, you know, one of the best shows on, well, not on TV, but on whatever it is on, on Netflix. Uh, just awesome performances, awesome writing, great aesthetic, unlimited production budget, just cool, cool, cool. And uh, twists and turns of plenty, even in episode one, if you guys haven't watched it yet. Yep. And uh, check out House of Cards season two on Netflix. I just finished rewatching season one last nice. week. Um, I've been delaying actually starting season two because I'm watching other stuff. But man, super excited for it. Hopefully, they keep it going. I know it'll probably at least go to season three. Um, but I mean, I just hope it lasts for a little bit longer. Yeah, than definitely. it is. You you guys heard that the newsroom is over, right? After 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 next this season? next after yeah. this season, yeah. yeah. So that marks another show in Sorkin's tenure that lasts less than three seasons. I think yeah. the West Wing's the only one that did longer yeah. than that. And it lasted like eight. So yeah. his average is still decent. Yeah, that's true. Uh, is that, let's see. Uh, I guess he's probably at about three and a half season average, right? Because uh, Studio City or whatever. Stu- that it was, was a Sports Night and Studio 60 were both yeah, those were, three. Sports Night was two, right? And I think yeah. so, yeah. And then so. Uh, Studio 60 was uh, one. one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's crazy, but uh, man, House of Cards is up there for me. It's, it's it might be the best show out, uh, current show out right now. I mean, wow, it it's um, yeah. I mean, what other than Sherlock? I mean, Breaking Bad's gone. Uh, Bad Men, Bad Men's out. But yeah. True Detective, True de- oh yes, freaking True Detective has wow. blown my absolute mind. I consider that more of a movie, though, to be honest. Yeah, we need to talk about True Detective when it's when yeah. It's, it, it's going to be eight episodes. I, I'm so. more honestly, I'm more excited about True Detective just from the the structure standpoint because yeah. yeah. they're doing exactly different. what I want. Yeah, yeah. Different, different different cast, different director, different setting. Tell your story, and then the next season and it's get something the heck different. Out. And yeah. that's that's what I want from. And you know, it's going to be like TV. somebody huge for the season two. Oh yeah, the demand yeah. is going to be so big and. They've got to at least compete with the star factor of Harrelson and McConaughey together. Yeah. So, man, that's going to be good. But season uh, one, I think we're on episode five now we watched. Yeah. I just – every week, Sunday nights for me has like – with The Walking Dead and True Detective back-to-back, I'm like, dude, Sunday nights are my favorite. It's my favorite night of the week to watch stuff. That – True Detective gets better every single episode. It does. It absolutely does. Well, episode four is (laughs) – Wow, it's on. Yeah, that's that's next level. (laughs) And we should do a True Detective episode. That'd be fun. Yeah, man. Here in the next month or so. So done, done. Uh, But on that note, uh, let me ask you this, Brian. Yeah. Where can I find you online? You can find me on Twitter at bgill12, and you can find my writing at cambabiesdrinkredbull.com. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me at Richard Barden on Twitter. Kent, where can I find you? you? Find me online. On Twitter at Kent Garrison, you can find our show on the internet at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Find all our episodes on there, find our weekly recommends on there, and contact the show on there as well. And on that note, until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. See ya. Goodbye. You're wondering who I am. Secret, secret, I've got a secret. Machine on my-